There's something strange. See, you guys, I want to sing it. I do. I want to sing it. You should. You should sing it. You should sing it. Just, just go. No, I need some background music. So we're going to assume some background music and get this podcast started. Welcome to Retiring Today, the podcast that guides you to and through retirement. There's something strange in your neighborhood. You guys, I just keep wanting to <laughs> sing to it. Just do it. But see, here's what I'm waiting for. You guys to back me up. Aren't we a team? We're a trio. Yeah, we got your back. We're a trio. We'll, All we'll applaud once you sing it. Who are you going to call? Ghostbusters. Okay, you guys know the song. You know the movie. The 1984 supernatural comedy. It was the highest grossing film of all time until Home Alone. I mean, everybody knows Ghostbusters. And everybody knows about retirement. So today we're having some fun with the movie and ghosts. But you know what we want to do for you? We want to eliminate the ghosts. Grab your proton pack. Got your proton pack? Got it. Ghost trap? Loaded. Let's bust some retirement ghosts. I'm Molly Nelson here with Rochelle Smith, the producer of this podcast. And sitting across from us is Lauren Merkel. He's a certified financial fiduciary, a certified financial planner, and a retirement income certified professional. And today he's a ghostbuster. Are you what are you kind of the Bill Murray of the group, uh, Lauren? Or who do you kind of line up with on the Ghostbusters team? Which one was the, the lead in taking out the marshmallow man? Oh, the Stay Puffed? Mm-hmm. Oh, I don't know. It's I been don't... so long since I watched <laughs> the, that movie. But that's what I remember the most is the Stay Puff. Because I love marshmallows. And as a kid, (laughs) all that marshmallow goo just got exploded everywhere. I just wanted to eat the Stay Puff. Well, and I'm glad you brought up the Stay Puff because when I was, you know, scripting this, I, you guys, a rabbit hole on Ghostbusters. I went down a rabbit hole yesterday. So I pulled up some fun facts about the movie. Oh, boy. So the iconic ghost, the Stay Puffed Marshmallow Man. So Dan Aykroyd wrote the Ghostbusters uh, script. He was inspired by a cross between the Pillsbury Doughboy and the Michelin Man. He wanted it to be kind of an iconic, you know, marketing looking kind of thing. So, you know, he meets the explosive end at the end of the movie. What was dumped all over the actors to get that marshmallow explosion effect? Is this multiple choice? We got some options? No. (laughs) Guess. Oh. I have no idea. Something that's... Hearing nothing. Shaving cream. Shaving cream it is. Oh, good job, Merkel. <laughs> what? I'm just wondering if he looked you it up. You seem skeptical. <laughs> no, that's good. That's this good. is off the cuff stuff. We didn't know you were coming up with these questions. Shaving cream it is. Is it on here? It is. No, no, the answer's not on there, but the question was. And I oh, wondered if you guys would see the question ahead of time and look it up. But oh, no. that seemed like a pretty genuine guess and, and an accurate one at that. So Ghostbusters, we're talking about the ghosts that try to creep in and prevent you from living out your retirement vision. Today, we want to bust those ghosts with a proton pack, proton pack and a ghost trap and send them away so that you can have the retirement that you dream of. So ghost number one, running out of money. Lauren, you hear it all the time. Families, individuals that come, they sit down and they say, in some form, do I have enough? Am I going to run out? Am I going to get all the way through retirement? Yeah, and really, sometimes it's just like that. Do I have enough? Am I going to run out of money? That is the, the number one concern of most pre-retirees. And it does make sense because the in today's retiring world, the pension plays a lot less of a role. Before, when my grandpa retired, he had a pension, he had Social Security, and he had a little bit of savings. And that 
worked well for grandma and grandpa as they went through retirement. But with most people not having a pension, most people do have social security, but because of inflation, our discretionary income needs are a lot more than what it seemed like it was in the eighties when my grandma and grandpa retired. So do you have enough? How do you know if you have enough and how much is it going to take to make sure that you have enough so you're not 75 years old and you've run out of money? And those are the biggest concerns that people are thinking about as they, they make that transition. And those are the number number one areas that they want to tackle within their plan before really anything else. Yeah, I think about your grandpa, you know, in his working years, he didn't have to sort of try to figure out how much to put away. I'm sure he was putting money in savings, you know, but how much to invest because it's all taken care of when there's a pension plan. But now, you know, seniors, as they're heading to retirement, they, there was a poll recently that asked a bunch of people, you know, how much should you be saving each month to meet your retirement goals? And people really just didn't know. You know, we hear sometimes 10%, maybe 20% as we get closer to retirement. You've got to figure out some kind of formula to get you, you know, to your goal. The easiest way for people to save for retirement right now is through the 401k plan, the employer sponsored plan. Well, the 401k plan really didn't come on until the mid seventies, but people, the uptake on the 401k plan as any new legislation comes out usually takes a while. So it wasn't until the nineties that people really started to dump a lot of money into their employer sponsored plan, which means my grandma and grandpa didn't have a 401k plan of any means to help them through their retirement. So when I say a little bit of savings, I'm talking checking accounts, savings accounts, CDs, not the tax deferred or tax free types of accounts that we have right now. Uh, right now, there is a lot of confusion about how much you need to save. Uh, because you're right, Molly, if you Google how much should I be putting away, you're going to get a various, uh, uh, you're going to get an assortment of answers. And the answer to that is also going to be very dependent upon your individual circumstances. How old are you? How much longer do you have to save before you retire? What's your lifestyle like? Because people's lifestyle is quite different. One's quite different from another. Some people might want to spend 5000 a month. Some people might want to spend $15,000 a month. And the resources needed to accommodate a $15,000 a month lifestyle is going to be significantly different than $5,000 a month. And that's where the planning really comes into play. And the sooner you can get started answering those questions for you, the better off you are going to feel about your retirement prospects and the higher probability you are going to have of living this retirement lifestyle that you want to have. Yeah. And as we try to tackle this ghost of running out of money, clearly we want to eliminate this from our retirement. So one way to do it is to start talking about it before retirement comes, right? Five to 10 years out, maybe take a look at where you're at, if you're on track for your goals. I mean, when people sit down with you, if they're not quite on track, you can maybe make some changes in some areas to get them to where they want to be. Yeah. And five to 10 years out is kind of the finalization phase. I mean, hopefully you start planning for your retirement well before five or 10 years before you want to retire. 10 years prior to retirement, that's the red zone to retiring. So if we're, we're talking about football, we're in football season, the red zone is 20 yards prior to the uh, end zone. 10 years out prior to retirement is the red zone to your retirement plan where we really need to start looking at, are you on track? Do you need to up your savings? Can you back your savings down? Because a lot of people can back their savings down if they want to divert some of that discretionary income someplace else. And when is this retirement date going to be realistic? for you. And it's really important to try to narrow down this retirement date. And it doesn't have to be to the exact year or even the, the exact month or day. 
but generally speaking, here's about the time that you think you might want to retire and then account for that within the plan, realizing that you can change that. So as we get closer to this retirement date, uh, something happens and you're just not quite ready emotionally or whatever it is, then you know you can retire, but you're choosing to go to work and going to work is a little bit different in that arena. The, the other reason it's important is what if you have to retire? And we see this quite a bit. What if your health changes and you can no longer go to work? If you already have this plan in place where you know you're going to be okay, that alleviates a lot of that financial stress that you would otherwise have. I mean, it's going through a health crisis or a health situation, it's stressful enough. And if you don't have your financial books in order, it's going to be even that much more stressful. So there's a lot of reasons why in the red zone of retirement, you really want to narrow down on what this retirement date can look like for you. As we work to bust some of the ghosts that can haunt your retirement, the next one is taxes. Lauren, unfortunately in retirement, they don't go away. So you can't totally get rid of this ghost, but maybe you can make it a little bit smaller or make it like a friendly ghost like Casper. <laughs> no Slimer. We're going for Casper. That's <laughs> that's really the goal of the tax plan within retirement. And, and for some people, they can go away. For some people, income taxes can go away. We're not going to get rid of all tax, but the income tax in retirement, you have a lot more control of. And there are families that we work with. Uh, there's, a, there's a book out there called The Power of Zero. We've talked about it quite a bit on the TV show. It's written by David McKnight, a fantastic book. And the whole idea, the whole, the whole philosophy of this book is how do we get ourselves in a position where we can insulate ourselves from further tax income tax rate hikes. And some families we work with, we are able to put them in a position where they don't have to pay any income tax in retirement because social security tax is all based on what your taxable income is. Monies that come out from your Roth IRA or Roth 401k plan are not subject to tax. And then everybody has a standard deduction. And that standard deduction is different if you file single versus filed married, but that standard deduction means that's income you can receive that otherwise would be taxable that is not taxable. So if your income sources are such, you could, you could potentially bring in $100,000 of income for the year, but not have to pay any income tax on it. Now, not everybody can go to that situation, but you do want to put a plan in place where you are insulating yourself from future tax rate hikes and you're insulating yourself from the amount of income tax that you pay. And a lot of times the first, the first best year to get started by incorporating this plan is that first calendar year after you retire, because then you have more control on when you, on the type of income that you are receiving when you're working you have very little control on the, the tax rates of your income and the type of income because if you're W-2 employee, you're receiving ordinary income. It's taxed at ordinary, ordinary income rates. In retirement, you have a lot more flexibility, and, and that's, the, that's the real value of having that plan is to show you how do you get as close to zero as you can. So you heard Lauren say you might not have to pay income tax in retirement depending on your situation. He's making no guarantees, but I bet your ears perked up because mine did. If you want to talk about your specific situation, here's a great opportunity. It's a complimentary 15-minute retirement checkup call. You can schedule yours right now by going to MerkleRetire.com. That's M-E-R-K-L-E Retire.com. And you can talk about some of the ghosts that might be haunting your retirement. Back to our ghost-busting-themed podcast today. You mentioned Slimer. Don't worry, guys. I'm ready with another fun fact about Slimer. What happened? Are you okay? He slimed me. That's great. Actual physical contact. 
Everybody's favorite blob of ectoplasma was affectionately called the ghost of John Belushi during filming, and his gluttonous eating was inspired by Belushi's cafeteria scene in National Lampoon's Animal House. Oh, interesting. There's your fun fact. <laughs> All right, t- ready to bust some more ghosts? Oh, Let's yeah. bust them. What's the, what's the famous line, Lauren, that you, that you don't cross the... Don't cross the streams. (laughs) I need more conviction. Don't cross the streams. Ah, I needed more conviction out of you, Merkel. I have a radical idea. We could reverse the particle flow through the gate. How? We'll cross the streams. Excuse me, Egon. You said crossing the streams was bad. Ghost number three, market risk. Lauren, how can this haunt your retirement? In retirement, this ghost is substantially different than in your accumulation years because in retirement, you have this pot of money, this this finite amount of resources that now you have to make sure is going to be there for you to supply the lifestyle that you need now for the rest of your life. And the market... The market corrections, the market, the bear markets, the recessions that we go through can really damage the ability of your finite resources to supply that lifestyle that you need for the rest of your retirement. We go through we go through a 2020 where the market's down 34% in 22 days. And the, uh, keep in mind, when we go through these situations, how bad is it going to get? Nobody knows. Nobody knew how bad March of 2020 was going to get. Nobody knew when the pain was going to end when we went through 2008 or the years of 2000, 2001, 2002. So how, when we're going through that and you see your portfolio down 30% and you're, you're two years away from retiring, or maybe you're, you have retired already. Cause a lot of people chose to retire in 2020, not knowing what was going to happen. You're looking at your portfolio dropping by 30% wondering how far, how much further is it going to go? So that type of portfolio erosion based on market can make people, can lead people to decisions that they otherwise wouldn't want to make, which means they go to cash. So March of 2020, a lot of people went to cash. 2008, a lot of people went to cash. And the problem with that is that they were trying to insulate themselves from the pain, the further pain of the market going down but they were preventing their portfolio from coming back up when the market eventually did come back. Well, yeah, up. November of 2020, then the Dow Jones hits an all-time high. So if you got out right before that, you're kicking yourself. Well, that's the thing is that when you get out, when do you get back in? So if you got out in April of 2020 saying, whoa, that pain is too much. I just got it. I can't take it. I'm, I'm, my portfolio is going down, down, down. When are you going to get back in? Because the the commentary about the market was, hang on, we're going to have another one. So in April, it started to come back up. May, it came back up. But there was some volatility there. And every time we have a little bit of downward volatility, everybody's saying it's going to go back down. So you're not going to get back in at that point. Are you going to get back in in June? Are you going to get back in July? When you see the market continuing to rise, you already lost out on those potential profits. And you're, you're just waiting on the sideline for this next dip that doesn't feel so painful as what we went through 2020. And that's why it's really hard to get out and get back in. So most people who get out end up not realizing the profits or the growth on their, on their money once the market does come back up. And watching the market dip is one thing when you're in your 20s and your 30s and your 40s. Because right now, I'll, I'll watch it dip, but I don't have to cash in of it out yet. And I'm in my 50s or my 60s or my 70s. I don't want those market dips to determine my retirement lifestyle. Market movements create different types of anxiety based on the phase of life that you're in. Because you're in your 40s, 
and you see your portfolio go down by 30%, you're like, so what? Got a lot of time. I'm still putting money into it. Uh, This is actually benefiting me. You do have a lot of time and you don't need to live on these resources right now. But you're 60 and you've retired, you're two years away from being eligible to take social security. So you have to have income coming from different sources, investments or pension. And you see your portfolio go down. Now the whole world seems like it's crumbling around you and it leads to a lot of poor decisions. And in uh, events like a 2008, it made a lot of people go back to work. So a lot of people who recently retired had to go back to work because of what they saw take place in their portfolio, or it also prevented a lot of people from retiring. They're going to retire in 08 or 09, and they saw what happened in their portfolio that said they can't do it. So now they had to work an extra five years just to allow their portfolio to come back to even. And so this, this market ghost really haunts a lot of people because nobody can control the markets. We can't control it. You can't control it. Nobody can control the markets. The message around this is you can't control the markets, but you can, to a large degree, control how your portfolio reacts to the markets. And this is where the investment plan comes into play within your overall retirement plan. And your investment plan needs to change based on the phase of life that you're in. So if you're if you're in the red zone to retirement or already retired, you should not be investing in your portfolio like you were when you were 30 or 40 years old. You need to have a very customized, specific strategy to your situation and this new phase of life that you're in. And then that way, whenever we go through these corrections, bear markets or recessions, you, your retirement, your retirement vision, your retirement plan is not in jeopardy based on the market movements, again, of which, we, of which nobody can control. And so to get a little more specific on that, Getting into that red zone, maybe pulling some money heavy out of the stock market and, and going some other areas is what you recommend? Well, part of investing differently for different phases of your life, specifically now the retirement phase, is you can no longer have a, not, uh, you can no longer have a bond equity portfolio. In the 90s, you could have a bond equity portfolio, maybe throw some cash in there, and you could do okay. But right now, because there's so many different types of investments out there, you are looking for more diversification. You have the ability to diversify in ways that you've never had before. And so you want to take advantage of different asset classes than just bonds and stocks. The other reason for that is stock movements are more correlated with bond movements and bond movements are more correlated with stock movements than what they've ever ever been before. And what I mean by that is, and we saw this in 08, what I mean by that is in 08, if you had a 60% equity portfolio, 40% bond portfolio, and you were retired delivering an income to yourself from that portfolio, you still saw your portfolio down over 20%. And most retirees delivering income don't want to see that kind of downward movement in their portfolio. A bond stock portfolio does not insulate yourself from these market movements like it did when my grandpa retired. Because what stocks used to go up and bonds would go down and then bonds would go up and stocks would go down generally. There was, yeah, there was more of an inverse relationship between those asset classes that we that is just not present today. Uh, and the other thing about today's environment is look where interest rates are. Interest rates are near zero, probably going to go up. When interest rates go up, bond yields go down, which means the bonds you have in your portfolio are losing Many people last year lost 2 to 3% on their bond positions. Many people this year are going to lose 2 to 3% on their bond positions. So if you have an asset class that's automatically dragging your portfolio down 2 to 3% and it, there's a high probability looking into the next 12 months that is going to continue to happen, is that an attractive asset class for you? Now, 
if stocks also take a dip and stocks are down 20%, 100% of your asset classes are now going to be negative. So we have to look outside. We have to look at alternative investments. We have to include some uh, commodities in there. And there's a lot of different vehicles you can use on a, at a really cost-effective basis to create that diversification so you're not so dependent upon the, uh, uh, upon the upward and downward movements of the, the stock market. So just in case you're wondering why all the Ghostbuster talk, because we like to have a little fun with retirement planning here. So again, the 1984 movie, it was a cult classic. It was the highest grossing film of all time until Home Alone. So it's Halloween time. We're all Ghostbusters fans. Oh, and by the way, we do kind of like to dress up. So we did dress up as Ghostbusters and we did shoot 30 minutes of retirement talk in Ghostbusters costumes for our television show retiring today with Lauren Merkel. You're wondering, what do we look like as Ghostbusters? Well, I have great news for you. You can find out. Go to YouTube, search Merkel Retirement Planning, and you'll see our Ghostbusters episode there. So let's continue busting some of the ghosts that can haunt your retirement with our proton packs, with our ghost traps, but with some really valuable information that's important to people because this is a serious subject, Lauren, long-term care. We know that about seven out of 10 people over age 65 will need some form of long-term care in their lifetime. But when you look at what it costs, even in the area where we're recording this podcast in the Midwest, it is expensive. It's really expensive. And what most people express from a concern standpoint is if they need long-term care. So 10 years from now, they need to spend $10,000 a month. Because right now in the state of Iowa, it's somewhere between five dollars to $7,000 a month. So 10 years from now, if that number is $10,000 a month, where are they going to come up with that money? And how is it going to disrupt their surviving spouses, the rest of hers or his retirement? And that's the biggest concern that most people have. A lot of the families that we work with, they feel like they can afford a short-term, long-term care experience. Maybe if they need it for 12 months. 18 months, then they can afford that type of care. But what happens after that? And what happens to their surviving spouse? And can they maintain the lifestyle in retirement that they dreamed of when they were both alive and together? So it's a huge risk. How do you cover it? I'm hoping you'll tell me. <laughs> this is this is where... Because I don't know the answer, but I hope you do. <laughs> Wait, well, it has to be built into the plan. So it has to be built into the plan. And how you cover it is different for everybody. What we like to do is we say, what if? What if when you're 80 years old, you need ten, fifteen thousand $15,000 a month to cover for long-term care? How are you going to pay for that care? So how are you going to receive the care that you deserve at that point in time? How is it going to influence the ability of your surviving spouse to retire and we show you that information so you can see it because it's it's one thing for me to tell you you're fine you don't need to protect yourself against a long-term care event but it's another thing for you to actually visually see what that event would do to your resources while you're alive what that event would do to your surviving spouse in his or her retirement once you're gone and then you can make the decision of do you want to offset some of that risk do you want to offset $5,000 a month of that? Do you want to offset 100% of whatever that, that risk uh, cost is to you? Or are you comfortable self-insuring it? There's a lot of retirees out there that are saying, I'm going to self-insure long-term care. What I'm concerned about is they're saying they're going to self-insure long-term care, not because they know it's taken care of and their surviving spouse will be taken care of, but because the alternative to offsetting that risk that they're familiar with is not an appealing choice to them. Because what you are familiar with, what most people are familiar with, is buy buying long-term care insurance. 
And what happens when you buy long-term care insurance is you offset some or all of that risk to an insurance company, but you pay these expensive premiums, not knowing if you're ever going to need long-term care. So you're taking the risk of putting $2,000 a year or $3,000, $4,000 a year into this insurance policy, not knowing if you're ever going to get a dime out of it. And then what you're also experiencing is these, these long-term care insurance companies almost on a yearly basis are increasing the premiums that you have to pay. So now maybe you've been paying this long-term care insurance premium for 10 years, put a, a huge amount of money into it, but because the cost of this insurance is going up almost on an annual basis, every single year you're having to relive this decision. Do I continue to make this investment into it, not knowing if I'm ever going to get a dime out of it? Or do I make a bigger investment into it just to help offset some of this risk down the road? Yeah, Lauren, we've heard stories of premiums doubling in some areas of the country for long-term care insurance. Yeah, I just reviewed a policy today. So one of our families, they had uh, had a policy, a really well-known, recognized long-term care insurance company. Uh, they've had this policy now for seven to eight years. And the notice that they received said it's going to increase as of the end of this year. And then it's also going to increase next year. So they're already baked into this, this notice, two different increases. And the total increase between this year and next year is going to be over 60% wow. of, the, of the premiums. So they're sitting here wondering, and their question to me is, what do we do? Do we pay this extra premium. They also offered them additional choices. So they could decrease the amount of coverage that they have. They can change the coverage. Uh, and some of those changes could be the cost of living adjustment. It was 5%. They can de decrease the cost of living adjustment down to 1%. Uh, they can not pay any other premiums. That's another choice they had. They can just stop paying premiums altogether. And then if they need long-term care, they will receive it in the form of a benefit up to the amount of premiums they've paid which means that they're not going to receive a, 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 a very big... So there's a number of options. I don't like any of those options. Yeah, there's a number of options that they offer, and they lay it out pretty clearly on the statement or the notice that they get. But the consumer, you out there, when you get this notice, is saying, what do I do? What do I do? Because it's a gamble either way. So most people are familiar with that type of coverage. There's other options that, that are offered out there in this market today. And that's really our job. Our job is really to show you visually, here's what your risk is. Here's some of the different options you can use to offset that risk. Here's the good to this option. Here's the bad to this option. What do you think? Here's the good and bad to this option. What do you think? And then through that process, we can really narrow down and identify, here's the best solution for you. And again, if that means you're self-insuring, then you made that intentional decision because you looked at all the different options that are available to you and you said self-insuring is the best decision for you. And regardless of what decision you make, you made the right decision for you and you made that decision with confidence. Nearly a fourth of retirees surveyed said that they had social security regret. If that's not something that could haunt your retirement, I don't know what is. We used to teach a social security class. It was a social security class only. It was an hour and a half long class. When we got done with the class, it was not an uncommon experience for people to come up to us and say, I wish I would have attended this class three years ago before I made the decision. Because there's so many different options when it comes to you electing your social security. You, If you're married, you may have up to 81 different options. Well, most people think they might have 10 options. Maybe they, they think they only have the four options that you see listed on your social security statement. But you have so many different options. And now it's a matter of really 
analyzing what those options mean to you from a, an immediate income standpoint at point of retirement, but also uh, from an income standpoint, 10, 15 years down the road in identifying which options are going to be the best for you. And then that way you can avoid the big what if. What if I would have made a different social security decision? I wish I would have made a different social security decision. Again, this is about making these decisions with confidence so you don't have to think back or look back five years after you made that decision and say, I wish I would have. Even if you've never seen Ghostbusters, you know the Stay, stay Puffed Marshmallow. We know that Lauren likes the Stay Puffed Marshmallow. He's a big fan of marshmallows. But it's the, it's the biggest, baddest ghost in the Ghostbusters movie. The biggest, baddest ghost that can haunt retirement, Lauren. No plan at all. No plan at all. That is the biggest, baddest ghost. Unfortunately, a lot of people do make that transition from the working years to the retirement years with no retirement plan. And I think that is in large part due to what is a retirement plan? What is a retirement plan? Most people are not privy to this information that we talk about all the time, but intuitively as they go through this process of working to retiring, they come across these decisions they have to make, right? So, so internally we know we have to make these decisions but we just didn't know we were never taught this is a part of your retirement plan. And that's part of the, the messaging that, that we're trying to accomplish here is to get the word out. All of this stuff should be boxed into your retirement plan and it all works together because the decisions that you make on your social security could influence the decisions you make on your tax plan, could influence the decisions you make on your investment income, your investment plan, your long-term care plan, your legacy plan, which we didn't cover at all here on this podcast. All of these decisions that you, you make will influence these other areas of the plan. But if you have it all working together inside of your retirement plan, it will make that transition to and through retirement much easier for you. And you're going to have a lot more confidence in those decisions. And it's going to lead to most likely a lot more fun for you in retirement. And fun in retirement is what everybody wants. And we like to have fun as we talk about retirement. So check us out as Ghostbusters. Go to YouTube, search Merkle Retirement Planning. Give us a call if you want to talk about your specific situation. You can schedule a 15-minute complimentary retirement checkup call at MerkleRetire.com. Again, that's M-E-R-K-L-E Retire.com. Subscribe to the podcast. Tell a friend about it because we'll continue talking about all the things that go into your retirement vision. Thanks for listening. Merkle Retirement Planning is an independent financial services firm helping individuals create retirement strategies using a variety of investments and insurance products to custom suit their goals and objectives. Any information discussed in these shows is for educational purposes only and should not be construed as investment, tax, or legal advice. Investment advisory services are offered through Elite Retirement Planning, LLC. Insurance services are offered through MRP Insurance, LLC. Insurance services are offered through MRP Insurance, LLC.